Well, the parking lot is crowded. There's lots of new faces in the congregation this morning. My first inclination was that the fame and popularity of my preaching had spread all throughout the land. And then I saw the children line up over there. I guess it's a lesson in humility already this morning. But the children did a wonderful job. The choir did a great job too. Everyone sounded great. Life can be very difficult sometimes, can't it? Very difficult. At times it seems like you're walking through life. You got your wife beside you, your family, children in tow. You're walking down this pathway we call life. And somehow you come up against a big giant roadblock. You know, you hit a brick wall. Like these problems somehow just seem to manifest themselves in our lives, don't they? Life can be just troublesome sometimes. You hit a brick wall. You just come up against a brick wall. And it seems sometimes that God gets you through these brick walls and gets you around these big problems that present themselves. You get going again. And all of a sudden, there's another one that presents itself right in your path. I titled this morning's message, Brick Walls and Roadblocks. Meaning just these big problems that life seems to plop down in our path. We didn't ask for them. I didn't sign up for them. But yet, here's this big problem right in front of me, manifesting itself right in my face. Somehow, life just seems to present these obstacles in our path. Amen? Would you agree with me this morning? Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 14 says, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Meaning life can just be tough sometimes. Life can be vexing sometimes. Life can cause us afflictions. Life can be worrisome sometimes. Man, you're just moving on along, and all of a sudden here's this giant brick wall in front of you. Life just plops them in our paths. We come up to the edge of a cliff, or maybe we even come to a roadblock or a dead end or a big precipice in our life, and we don't know what to do. This big problem is dropped in our lap. We don't know what to do. We have this giant problem looming over us, and it's staring down, bearing down on us, looking at us like, what are you going to do? Here I am, a big giant problem in your life. What are you going to do? You know, sometimes it feels like we're dwarfed by these big giant problems right in our path. And we have to look up at them and they're so huge and powerful and we're just this little thing, this little entity looking up at this giant problem thinking, great, what am I going to do now? This is just great. I don't know what to do. Lord, how am I going to get through this? Help me, Lord. I got problems. I've got troubles. Now my life is over. I'm done for now. How many of you have ever said some of these things? You're just going through life and something happens, something you didn't sign up for. It's plopped right in your path and you're thinking, great, I'm done for now. How do I get through this? There's this big giant brick wall right in my path. My road is blocked. You know, I have. I've said some of those things. How many of you have ever said, Lord, this is too much. I'm not going to make it this time. This is too much for me to handle, Lord. As this giant problem stares down in your face. Whatever those problems may be. But you know we serve a good God, amen? 
somehow, some way, God is always faithful, and He gets us through it, does He not? Time goes by, God is faithful, God is merciful, God's grace is sufficient, and He gets us through these problems. These big brick walls that loom in front of us some way. Time goes by, and the Lord just does His thing, and you look back and Bless God, you made it through. Somehow or some way, that problem's behind you. You see it, and you think, praise the Lord, I'm going on. Lord, I don't know how you did it, but it's behind me. I'm moving forward. Thank you, God, for your amazing grace. How did you do it, Lord? I don't know, but I'm going forward. I didn't think I was going to make it. You know, our, our faith gets bolstered. We begin to move forward with our lives thinking, there's nothing that my God can't do. Look what he just did. He just got me through that. Oh, we we come to church. We sing extra loud. Praise you, Lord, because he just got you through something. He just got you around that roadblock, that brick wall. He made it. He got you through it somehow. Your family, he got you through it. Man, you come and you tell all your church family, hey, listen to what God did for me. Man, I had this giant problem and here I am. God got me through it somehow. I don't know how he did it, but he got me through. He was faithful to me. Man, we think back and just wonder how God did it. We think back and remember how fearful and how worried we were about this giant big problem that had manifested itself right in our path. And we think, thank you, Lord, you got us through. This overwhelming brick wall was there, and God made a way for me. Praise the Lord. Now you're a stronger, wiser person because you saw the hand of God at work in your life. Now that's all well and good. I've been there. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've had these giant problems manifest themselves in my life. You get undone and think, man, what am I going to do now? God gets you through it. You look back and there it is behind you. He got you through it somehow and your faith is bolstered. You're moving forward. Praise the Lord. I'm sure some of you have been in those situations. I've seen some of you in those situations. And I see some of you in those situations even now with this giant problem looming over you looking down at you. and You're this little infinitesimal thing. That's just life. But here's what I think God would have us to focus on today. How is it that we act when we first come up against these brick walls? You're moving, bebopping on the pathway to life, and here this thing is dropped right in front of you. Your path is blocked. How is it that you act? How is it that you react when this giant thing is dropped in your path? Because you know Maybe you just got through a roadblock. You know that life, sooner or later, is going to drop another problem in your path. Amen? That's just the way it is. Sooner or later, there's going to be another giant problem dropped in your path. I'll tell you what we do, and I think it's bothersome to God. When he gets us through these situations, and we're thinking, praise the Lord, and then here's this other problem that's dropped right in our path. You know what we do, brothers and sisters? We forget everything God has ever done for us. Amen. Because this big problem, oh, we're all undone. We forget 
Everything that we've ever learned here in church, we forget the Word of God, we forget the power of God, we forget the power of prayer, because this big giant problem's in front of us, and we forget about all the other times we had these giant problems in front of us, and God got us through. We forget about them immediately when we come up against another big giant brick wall. We forget. We forget that the Word of God says, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. We forget that the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All that stuff goes right out of our mind, right out of our hearts. All we do is see this big giant problem in our path. And we forget everything we've ever known or ever been taught. We forget the power of prayer. We forget our testimony. We forget the fact that God has given his angels charge over us. We forget all of that stuff and we think, what am I going to do? I'm undone. I'm done for now. I can't make it through this. Look at this brick wall in front of me. I might as well quit now. We get afraid. We worry. We blow up these problems to be 100 times bigger than God. These problems are huge and God is so small. These problems are close and God's a million billion miles away. Is that not what we do, brothers and sisters? We just blow these problems up and forget everything that we ever knew. We forget the hundreds of times that God has delivered us. Psalms 22 verse 11 says, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no one to help me. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round about. They gaped on me with their mouths as ravening and roaring lion. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted in the midst of my bowels. Verse 15, my strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue cleaves to my jaws and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Oh, the psalmist crying out, he's got problems, he's got trouble. Oh, there's nobody that's going to help me. Look at this thing that's in front of me, I'm done for, I might as well quit. Brothers and sisters, that's, this is how we react when these problems are, this is how I react. When something's dropped in my lap that I didn't sign up for, we forget everything we've ever learned about this word of God. God, all the while, was thinking, my child, what about the last time? Didn't I just get you through something? Don't, don't you remember? Did you forget so quickly that you just had a brick wall in front of you? I got you through it. Did you forget so quickly? But that's what we do. We forget. Because all we can concentrate on is this big giant problem that's in my path. Woe is me. God says, I was faithful. I got you through. I didn't change. I'll do the same for this problem that I did the last problem. Don't you remember the last time you said you weren't going to make it? Here you are, still alive, still going. Uh, Jesus has a nickname for people like that. O ye of little faith. That's what he says. But don't feel too bad. The ancient Israelites were the same way that we are today. Uh, I'm going to take you back to, way back to when God's people were enslaved to the Egyptians. Now, I know that many of us know this story. I'm not going to read it all because it would take too long. But you remember when God called Moses. Remember when Moses 
was at the burning bush, and God gave him the commandment to go before Pharaoh and ask that his people be released. And Moses obeys, and him and Aaron go, and they ask for the people to be released because the Bible says that the Israelites' cry, the Israelites' affliction came up to God, and he heard their prayers. So he called Moses. Moses goes before Pharaoh, and he asks for these people to be released. And the Bible says that Pharaoh's hearts was hardened, and he says no. So then God, in his mighty way, you remember, starts beginning to pour out these great wonders upon the land of Egypt. You remember all the great wonders, all the plagues? He turns the water to blood, the frogs, the lice, the hail, boils, flies, locusts, the darkness, and then the worst of all, the last one, the Passover. And this Passover, the Lord releases this angel of death and comes, and there was not a household touched, not touched, in the whole land of Egypt that death came to. And finally, the Pharaoh's heart had been getting harder and harder, and finally the Passover broke him. And he tells Moses, get your people and get out of here. Take all your stuff and leave. Now, that's what we're going to pick up and read. So Moses gathers the people, the Israelites, God's chosen people, and he gets out, and they're leaving. And we want to read in Exodus chapter 13, verse 18. I have a little bit of reading here. It says, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Verse 19, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. And he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. Verse 22 says, And he took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So God performs these miraculous wonders and pours out all these wraths upon the land of Egypt and finally Pharaoh lets them go they're leaving and as they're leaving God provides this cloud by day for them to follow because God's saying you I'll lead you into the promised land there he's leading them to the land of Canaan where milk and honey flows and then he also provides this pillar of fire by night so these Israelites Man, their prayers have been heard. Their prayers have been answered. This huge problem that was dropped in their lap, God got them through. He delivered them from the land of Egypt. He got them out. Never in a million years did they think it was going to happen. They were slaves to Pharaoh, slaves to the land of Egypt. And God heard their prayers and miraculously delivered them through his great wonders. And here he is leading them by this cloud and by this pillar of fire so these people are journeying they're happy they're glad god has delivered them that's awesome this great big giant brick wall that was in front of them god somehow made a way for them to pass through i'm sure they were all happy and joyful god is faithful god is powerful there's none like our god i'm sure someone was shouting i was once a slave and now i'm free I'm sure they were singing hymns and whatever. They were joyful for the fact that they were no longer slaves. They were made free. 
Their God is powerful. There's no one like our God. Now let's go to the next chapter, Exodus chapter 14, verse 1. I have a little bit of reading, so bear with me. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pihithroth, between Midgol and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon. Before it ye shall encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Verse 4, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he, has, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have led Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots, all the chariots of Egypt, and the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pahithiroth before Baal-Zephon. Verse 10, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Now listen, children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hath thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Now, brothers and sisters, it's exactly the way we react, the same way as the ancient Israelites. God delivers us miraculously, and we begin to move forward, and we see that problem behind us. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. He delivered me. I'm set free. I was trapped. There was my problem. It's back there. I'm moving forward. And then another problem, just like we get problems in our lives, another problem presented itself to the Israelites. Pharaoh says, man, I just let all my free slave labor go. Why did I do that? We're going after them. Now, understand that Pharaoh had chariots, horsemen. He had all kinds of military advantage over these Jewish people. They weren't fighters. They weren't warriors. They didn't have the weapons. They're just farmers and ex-slaves. And they would have been slaughtered. So this problem manifests itself right in front of the Israelites. And what's their reaction? It's just like ours. Oh, Moses, you should have left us back there in Egypt. Why'd you bring us out here to die? They forget the fact that God just performed all the mighty wonders. Man, they didn't see all the millions and billions of locusts and millions and billions of frogs. The hail that destroyed all the Egyptians' crops, it says. All the boils that broke out. All the darkness that covered the land. They forgot so quickly, just a few days' march, and they forgot the mighty wonders that they firsthand witnessed God do. When they had a problem arise up, they forgot everything they ever knew. And God's sitting there thinking, man, did you just forget what happened a few days ago? Amen. You were slaves. I just set you free. Why are you panicked now that there's another brick wall in front of you? 
I got you through that one. You don't think I can get you through this one? They forgot the fact that there's this giant pillar of fire leading them at night. They forgot the fact that there's this giant pillar of smoke leading them in the day. They instantaneously forgot everything God ever did for them when a new problem arose. Brothers and sisters, we need this this morning because I'm telling you, if you're problem free this morning, great. I want to be the same way. But one will come and be dropped in your path, something you didn't sign up for. How are you going to react? Oh, woe is me. I'm not going to make it this time. Oh. Just like the ancient Israelites. They forgot everything God ever did for them just moments ago. And they saw it all firsthand. They forgot everything God ever did for them. They actually get angry at Moses and say, you should have just left us back there in Egypt. Better for us to be slaves than to come out here and die. You know, I think it's worthy of note, too, that God was the one. The Bible says that they were pretty much landlocked, right? They were right encamped right beside the Red Sea in the wilderness. So they were trapped, and God was the one that led them there. God led them there. He took them there. All they saw was, I'm trapped. There's nowhere for us to go. There's this big, giant Red Sea. There's the wilderness where we'll be lost. We can't traverse this ground. And there's a big giant army. We don't even have weapons. And they automatically say we should have just stayed in Egypt as slaves. Now I'm not going to continue reading the rest of the story. But we know even though they were people of little faith. Just like us, O ye of little faith, Jesus says in the New Testament. We know that God provides a way for them. He parts that Red Sea, they go through on dry ground, and the sea comes together and destroys the Egyptian army. Now understand, the Israelites didn't do anything to fight their problem. They let God do everything. Brothers and sisters, if I think back at my problems, honestly, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I've ever solved a single one of them. All I do is try to walk by faith and thank Lord, I got a problem, you got to get me through it. I don't know that I've ever solved anything in my life. I just walk the path that he sets for me. He provides me a job, an income, my family. Every, he takes care of it all. The Israelites, they didn't do anything. All they did was walk on it. They didn't part the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. They walked through on dry ground. God made the dry ground. God made the sea come back together and slaughtered the Egyptians. God did it all. And that's what he does with our problems. He will take care of them. It's us to us not to react like fools and become undone right when a problem gets dropped in our lap. And it is because our faith is weak, is it not? We have a weak faith. It's difficult, though, when them problems first arise. That's my gut reaction. That's my gut instinct is to just become undone. Woe is me. What am I going to do now? I got a family... That's just our initial gut reaction. But the Lord would have us to be strong in faith and know that He will make a way. He will part the Red Sea. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Even the disciples are the same exact way we are. 
the disciples walked with Jesus. They touched Jesus. You know, I think to myself, man, if I was a disciple and I heard Jesus, I sat, I broke bread with him, I touched him, you would think you'd have the strongest faith in the world, right? Now let's read Mark chapter 6. Now this is also a little bit of reading, but bear with me. Mark chapter 6, verse 34 will begin. Now we all know what this is, but let's just read it anyway. It says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to be set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And when they did all eat, they were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Now we'll stop there just for a moment, but... I know that we've heard this before. Jesus does the miracle where he blesses the loaves and the fishes and feeds 5,000 men. So you could think that could easily be 10,000 plus people with the women and children that the Bible doesn't even record with just five loaves and fishes. Now, Jesus blesses them and the Bible only, not only says, does everyone get to eat? It says that they were filled. Now, imagine if you were a disciple. And you saw this multitude of people in a wilderness place where there's nowhere you can just go to a market and say, hey, give me a burger, please. There's nowhere to go. They're in the wilderness, okay? Jesus performs this awesome miracle. And they even had a good bit left over. And you're a disciple, and you witness Jesus say, Lord, bless this food. Let all of us partake of it. And these baskets of food start appearing. and they take a loaf and another one's replaced. However it worked, I don't know exactly. But imagine it, if you saw it, your faith would have to soar. Man, look what Jesus can do. Holy smokes, he's the son of God. He can do anything. Is there anything that's not too hard for him? And he can do whatever he wants. He fed 5,000 people. Wow, how awesome. Now let's keep reading and see what happens in verse 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, where he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, and the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone on the land, and he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he came unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by." But when he saw them walk but when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For when for they all saw him, they were troubled, and immediately he talked with them 
and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. Now listen, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Now listen, they had just witnessed Jesus bless this meal and feed quite possibly 10,000 plus people. The same day, it says, for it was the evening, they go out in this boat. And the wind is contrary, and they're afraid for their lives, thinking they're going to sink. And then even to compound their fears even more, they see this being walking on the water. And they're undone, they're afraid, they're, they're scared to death, and crying out. And the Bible says, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves. They forgot that quickly. A storm came up. Another problem came up in their lives. What are we, we're going to die. We're all going to lose our lives. This storm is thrashing our boat. We're going to sink. We're going to drown. They immediately, instantly forgot the miracle of the loaves. For their heart was hardened. Even though they walked with Jesus. Even though they saw it. Even though they were the ones that had to walk around and collect the fragments of all that was left from this meal that Jesus blessed. Maybe they even had some of those fragments in the ship. Maybe a couple of guys were gnawing on them when that storm came up. Yet the storm comes up and they forget everything Jesus ever taught them. Oh, we're scared of death. We're going to drown. We're going to die. Where's Jesus at? He don't care. We're going to die. I'm not going to make it through this. Immediately they forget everything they were ever taught. And the Bible says, For they consider not the miracle of the loaves. Brothers and sisters, I think that the Lord Jesus would always have us to remember the problems and the troubles that he has gotten us through. Where has he brought you from? Never forget where he's brought you from. I don't care how clean cut and spiritual you think you are this morning or how far along your journey with the Lord you are. Never ever forget where you came from. Never ever forget what he has done for you. Lest The next time a problem comes up, you too be undone and amazed and afraid and think you're going to die and I'm not going to make it through. Now I'm going to bring this to a close. I'm going to ask the booth to please play some music. And if you would, please turn the house lights down just a bit. Brothers and sisters, how's your faith today? I ask you this morning to search your heart. Are you of little faith? Are you facing a problem even now that's got you undone, scared to death, worried, fretting? I'll never make it through. I'm done for. I might as well quit. I don't even know why I came to church this morning. Is something staring you down this morning? I encourage you to make your way to this altar. Let God bolster your faith. Let God manifest himself to you. He's bigger than any problem that can ever present itself to us. Are you panic-stricken, thinking you're not going to make it? God is faithful. He will part your own personal Red Sea. He will do it. You will walk through on dry ground. He will make a way. And then when he does make a way, never forget what he's done for you. For lest the next time you come up, you'll be undone by the next problem. Come and talk to God. Let him remind you of all the things he's done for you already. 
what he's brought you from. He does have a plan for you. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let the Egyptians catch up to you and slaughter you and make a mockery and make a fool of you. God is faithful. Amen? Amen. Amen.